Imagine a world where men stepped up and answered God's call to reach their full potential. Imagine a world where men put their faith and trust in God unwaveringly and without qualification. Imagine a world where men lived out God's purpose for them in everything they do. It's not my credit to take explores the awe and wonder of how God shows up in the lives of strong, principled Christian men from all walks of life. Get ready to laugh, to cry, and to be transformed. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, faithful husband, loving father, loyal friend, and unapologetically Christian. Welcome to the It's Not My Credit to Take podcast. Chris, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you are. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking time to meet with me today. Uh, for those listening, my guest today is Chris Granger. He's the founder of The Lion Within Us and has a passion for serving others. And he's building a community that provides Christian men encouragement to become the leaders God intends them to be. Chris connects with others by sharing personal stories of professional success, hurdles encountered, and how every circumstance is an opportunity to build the kingdom. I love that. He helps men stand firm in their faith by strengthening areas of health, wealth, and self. So mind, body, careers, finance, and how to show up as better husbands, fathers, and brothers in Christ. At home, Chris is married to his wonderful wife of six years, Rebecca, and they have three awesome daughters, Chloe, Ava, and Lily, and a son who celebrated his five-month anniversary yesterday, born this past November, Judah. He enjoys working out, Harleys, serving at church, coaching youth sports, and anything that involves getting outside. Chris, welcome once again to It's Not My Credit to Take. Oh, this, I'm excited to be here for sure. And I'm really excited for the outside part because I just got me a rucksack. It's on the way, so <laughs> I'm adding rucking to my, my outdoor <laughs> adventures. So I'm pretty pumped up about that one. That's awesome. And if, for those who are listening and would actually want want to see what I'm getting ready to reference next, uh, check out It's Not My Credit to Take on the YouTube channel. Chris has this awesome lion within us print you know, behind his, his office chair. And you've got all the other swag going with it, Chris. You've, you've got the hat. You've got the shirt. I mean, you, 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 you've got it going on, brother. Yeah, man, we're trying, we're trying, you know what I'm saying? The lion, we, we feel like we have a really good brand that connects with guys. And, uh, so we put that, we used to have a green screen and it was great because we could drop all these images and stuff in, but like, you know, when I went on other shows, you know, you don't want to do that for other shows and things like that. So it's, we decided to redo the studio and put this cool lion behind me. And, uh, I think guys just really resonate with that and then got to have some merchandise so, so we can rep it. Right. So it's, uh, it's fun stuff and definitely not a moneymaker, but it's cool to get the brand out there. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's really sharp. As you can tell, I I'm in desperate need of, of something, uh, behind me, just this, this blank wall. I tried the green screen before and I found that I disappeared in it, which right. anybody was watching that probably found that to be, you know, more favorable than not, but uh, we'll uh, need to come up with something uh, to be sure. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are you know, in your life currently. Yeah, I mean, so I, I actually have an engineering background. So I went to uh, Old Dominion University, did electrical engineering, but never really used it, to be honest. Ed. I mean, I, I came out of school and went to work in a distribution and I still work for that distributor. Uh, this year, mark my 20th year with that distributor. I mean, you don't hear that anymore these days, right? Being no. somebody working somewhere for 20 years. Uh, maybe I get it from my mom. She just retired last two weeks ago, 46 years with the company wow. uh, that, that she worked with. But uh, 
so yeah, engineering led me to a lot of different paths, mainly sales and business development type roles. Uh, then I, I felt like I had too much hair, so I took on operations and I lost <laughs> a lot of it. And, um, that, that was a great way to just really learn, you know, so what you know, there's not enough Tylenol and you know, ibuprofen and Pepto-Bismol in the world. So uh, did that, ran a pretty good division of our company around services and loved it. And then we dissolved that, that business in 2019. So I transitioned over to uh, another area of our company and that actually gave me an opportunity to come up with this crazy idea of starting a podcast. And I was riding around listening to a lot of different uh, podcasts on my, my way between the, our different locations. And I was listening to Gary V. I don't know if you mm -hmm. listen to any Gary V stuff or ever heard him talk, but he finally, after about the hundredth time of him saying, if you don't start a podcast, like what is wrong with you? I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to pitch it. So I pitched that idea to our executive team. They looked at me like I had three heads. They were like, why well, do this? I explained it. And then, so I started it and they gave me the approval and then we, we record our first episode, February, 2020, and we all know what happens in March. Right. So, uh, everything shut down, which was, I'm an engineer. I brought, I said, okay, no big deal. Brought it all to the house, set up a home studio. We never missed a beat. And it was actually March of 2020 through that whole 2020 year. It was a great year to podcast because you could get any sure. guests that you wanted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody was free. You know, it was amazing. So it, that really launched into a, a skill set that God just revealed to me. And that's something I enjoyed and helping people, serving people just in a different way. And uh, 2021, he's laid it on my heart. He's like, all right, bro, I've, I've taught you how to do this. Now you're going to use it for me. And so we started the, uh, I told my wife about the idea of serving Christian men. And she laughed because at the time we had three daughters. And uh, I was like, look, you know, there's a lot of estrogen in this house. Maybe God wants to put me, put me around some other guys, you know, to help even this stuff out. So uh, that's what we did. And we came up with the idea of the title and the name of the show and the theme. And, oh, man, we were off to the races. And then we built this community because we just felt like that's the one thing that I found working with Christian men that guys are just missing, man. They're lonely. They don't know how to connect. They feel lost. And that's really the big thing around our community is we just bring guys together. Uh, we literally just finished a lion lunch right before we started this recording. And uh, that's where guys just get together every Wednesday and we, we have lunch and it always usually goes long because guys are just talking about life, man. And, and how to, how to lead their families and their careers in this crazy, crazy world that we're in. And that's what we try to do, try to give them some good grounded, safe places to talk about these things. Uh, but then always ground everything in truth of God's word. So I, I don't, that's, you go with where you want to with that, but that's a little background of, of, of what got me to, to right here to where we're at. So that that's awesome. A couple of quick comments. I, I can totally relate to the estrogen filled house. We're, we're a blended family. I've got my wife and, and two daughters and then it's just me. Fortunately, we have two boy dogs. So that right. those evens out a little bit. Um, you, you referenced starting the podcast. I know, in starting my other podcast, the Quest for Life podcast, I found it to be absolute therapy. Mm. Now, I remember, I, I remember reading something on Instagram last fall where this woman posted a comment like, "Why is it that when women need therapy, they see a psychologist, and when men need therapy, they start a podcast?" <laughs> and it it just it killed me when I read it because it's absolute therapy. Have you know the previous podcast and now the lion within us 
in in what ways has has you know, pushing forward with that proved cathartic for you? Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime the mic goes hot, whether it's my show or or other shows like being a, an honor to be on this one, it's just it's a great way just to 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 get out from behind of the, the fake facade that's out there and just be real with people, man. And I think that's why people listen to podcasts because they they it's a lot of time it's not filtered. They know they're getting raw truth and. For me, that's been very uh, just just soothing, just to be able to have behind be behind that mic, ask questions, and talk to people that I never would have talked to in a, you know ever in my life. And uh, it was kind of cool. It was like uh, for my other show, uh, for for that for industry, like our business wanted to get into uh, to learn more about this particular uh, new solution that was out there as uh, a new software solution for a company. I ended up talking to this, the chief technology officer and two VPs and had them on the show. And I went to our CEO. I'm like, here, you want to know more about this technology? How about listening to these three and you, you'll know every, everything you need to know. And he was just like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just kind of cool to be able to do that kind of stuff and, and talk to people and, and be real and raw. And I think, you know, for me, I just love it. It's just, it's, I don't like the post-production and stuff as much, but while, while the mic's hot, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, no doubt about it. So you referenced just finishing up a lion lunch. That's something that you do every every Wednesday with a community of men. When you, whether it's with them or even maybe in conversation with uh, you know with with your wife or others, when you talk about God and how, first off, what do you talk about and. That, how does that connect to you know, some of the, the real and raw conversations that you end up having with these, these folks? Absolutely. So, I mean, we, everything we do at the lion is, is, is all event based. So the lion lunch, again, that's the Wednesday stuff, but then we have a Bible study every week. We do that on Thursday night and Saturday morning. Uh, and then every morning though, I go live in our community it has that fe that feature and we do it, what we call our daily spiritual kickoff. And that's just me reading God's word. And I'll, I'll give a little bit of God's word and I'll, but I, what I always try to do is, is, is put it through a filter of a couple questions. And I got, got my Bible right here. The first question is what happened? The second question is, so what? And the main question, what I try to do with these guys every day is now what now, now how are we going to apply this? What we've learned, like we just read John 18 this morning and we were going through Jesus, uh, his arrest and his first couple trials and, uh, and how he stood so firm in that, and even the adversity, you know, when, when the cohort came to get to arrest him, 300 to 600 people there to arrest him, Peter cuts the ear off. And what does Jesus do? He shows love, you know, and he, he heals that ear in that moment. So we just try to, to really apply, okay, what does God's word say? Because sometimes you can read this thing. It can be so intimidating, first and foremost, that actually, how can I apply this stuff? So I'm really about simplifying and applying it. And anytime we have meetings, whether it's masterminds or lion lunches, now the lion lunches are a little different because they just they can literally talk about whatever they want to talk about. But it always comes back to God's word. Okay, what can we, can, this situation that we're dealing with, how can we find some scripture or some Bible references to help these guys through those, through, through those problems? And man, all I can tell you is there's so much that's just spirit led. It's so much not, that's not me because it's, it's the line within us, not the line within Chris and the guys just lean into each other. They help each other. They serve each other. And these could be Christians who have been walking with the faith for, you know, ever since they came out. Right. Uh, maybe they had a drug problem. It being the only drug problem was they were drugged to church their whole life. You know, that was, that was <laughs> the then you got guys that have literally been addicts 
and have, have, have turned their life around and now they're walking with Christ. So they're not as far along in the faith. And these guys are just coming together, man. It's, and it's something incredible. Uh, I find that the transparency that guys are, are sharing is something that you can't fake. And I ask them, I'm like, why do you share this stuff? Like I'll have guys that join and they'll share immediately some of their most, you know, darkest areas of their life or areas they're struggling with pornography or, you know, finances, whatever it is. And they all tell me, well, there's just a level, you know, I can't share this in my church. I'm like, why? Like, because I may run into that guy or that girl at church at Walmart or the grocery store, you know, and I can't share, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be that open with, with someone right in, in my local church versus here. I don't know if I'll ever see you guys, right. There's a little bit level of, 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 of distance there that for, from that standpoint. So I don't know if that helps, but I just know one thing, man, it's, it's been all over the place. The conversations have been real. You can't filter this stuff. You can't script it. And I, any time I get into a meeting, it's just like, all right, where we're going to go. We just let the spirit lead it. And I think that's what guys are really resonating with. So the, a couple of things I want to touch on with that. The, the first is the church. And I'd love to love to get your perspective on this. It, it seems somewhat, I don't know if the right word here is ironic mm. that, going to church should be the place where we're able to disclose those things that are truly vulnerable yeah. or make us feel that way. And yet so many people don't feel like they can do that, but because they have to put forward some uh, appearance, they have to mm -hmm. uh, present themselves in a certain way. Why do, why do you think it's become like that? And, and I, I'm above and beyond the politicization or, you know, the, just the inherent bureaucracy that's built within the church. Why do you think that it's no longer perceived as a, a safe place? Well, I think the main reason is because I, this is what I said. Now, this is just me. This may rub a lot. Some of your listeners wrong. But if that's if, if I think that's OK, uh, it's it's like this. The church has become a country club and we forget that it's a hospital. And too many times we try to treat the church building like we're just checking boxes. Fake you keeps showing up. You know, how do you doing? Blessed and highly favored. You hear that all the time. Whenever I hear that, that's a flag. When somebody says they're blessed and highly favored to me, all right, what's going, what's really going on? Because we don't want to bring up the real stuff. We don't want to talk about that we were actually fighting the entire way to church and we just got out the car and then we put on our smiles. Like we we got to put on this facade. And I'm just like, I'm over it, bro. I'm just so over it. And it's just like, no, the church is, full of the, is a hospital. It's not a country club. Bring your hurts, bring your pains, bring your trials, whatever you're dealing with, and bring them to the church and let the church come surround you. And also, the church is not a building. Like, that thing could burn to the ground. And you know what? The church is still there because the church is the body. It's the people. And we get so wrapped up in, in the building and the rituals and, well, we got to pass the offering plate this way. We got to sing this song this way. We can't ever try anything different. Or we better not bring any drums in because that's going to upset the, 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 the main tithers. Man, it's so country club. It's like, all right, this is what's wrong. Like, let's stop that. Let's just serve the king of kings, the ones that we're here to worship. Let's focus on him and the rest will fall in place, man. I think if we could get back to that. You probably start resonating with a lot more guys, and you see those pews being you know more fuller than they are today. I was chatting with a student of mine earlier this morning. He he was reading a book that, that and I asked him like, so what's that about? And it turns out that he's he's reading a book that it is designed to uh, appeal to younger um, 
really Gen Z mm-hmm. in with Christianity. And I'm okay. like, oh, that, that, I'm like, that's interesting. He's like, well, how are they describing you do it? And he said, well, it's how you do it. And of course, I'm like, okay, tell me more because I don't, I don't think I'm, I actually am all that intentional, especially in in, in the classroom at times. And it ultimately comes down to being real. Mm. You're like telling it like it is. It's okay. Let let it be what it is. Let the, the truth be enough because the truth is stubborn. And that's ultimately what's resonating. And there's actually a lot of a lot of research and literature on that point, particularly looking at both millennials and Generation Z. What can we do in our respective ministries? What what can we do or do a better job of in in helping to influence the buildings, the church, to try to get back to what you were just describing? I think we got to start stepping up and being real ourselves. And and I think it starts small. And so I see the biggest impact with me and my church and things that I'm doing, small discipleship groups, you know, small discussions around real topics and actually forming relationships, you know, not just these acquaintances, but actual relationships, man. I mean, I got guys now who they call me and they want my, they, they, he actually said he, he's like 20 and he's starting, he's into college and dating him and his brother and, and, and they started dating and, and they were like, you know, I want your blessing on this. And I'm like, why? They're like, well, I respect you because you spent so much time with me over the years. You know, you know, my goals as a man and I want to make sure that I'm not missing something. Now he, he's, they're talking to their dad, they're talking to their family, but I've opened that line of communication and I'm also, to your point, very transparent, very real to the point, you know, we had our discipleship group the other day and we were talking about dating and we we're talking about, you know, what does that look like from a biblical, from a biblical man standpoint? How, how should we go about dating God's way? And I told him, I was like, look, you got to stay at that girl's dorm room. He's like, what? I'm like, seriously, you got to stay at her dorm room, bro. Like, do not go there. That It says we have to flee sexual immorality. That means when you start thinking with that head that's below your belly button, you're not doing the right stuff. So let's think with our head that's above our shoulders. And I mean, just being that blunt and that open and that real with them, mm-hmm. I think guys really crave that. and They don't get enough of that now. They get this filtered stuff, or it's definitely filtered from the world's, from the world's view. And I'm like, look, man, the, the world, you know, they hook up, shack up, break up, repeat. And like, let's not do it that way. That, let's put that to the side. Let's walk God's way because when you do, from a sexual purity standpoint alone, man, it's just more fulfilling. You know, but I'm able to speak to them because I screwed up. I've walked the things that they, you know, so I'm trying to help them. And I think just being open and transparent, I think that's a great way to get started. And, and it takes courage. But if you can just get out of behind of, of the fear, you know, just and actually start having these conversations, you'll you'll find that like I'm finding, they just become more and more natural and organic. And and they end up craving more of it too, right? Absolutely, man. Like now our sat our Saturday about discipleship group, these guys show up, man. They they're looking for it. It's grown from three guys to now we got ten. And it's not That's grown because awesome. I'm out there advertising it. It's grown because they get value out of it and they invite their buddies. And then they invite their buddies. And now we just you know, we're just digging through God's word, trying to help each other grow. But I think it's, and now I have a group of men that are on fire. They're leading Sunday school classes. They're, they're starting small groups on Wednesday nights, right? And they're doing these things, nothing because of what I'm doing. It's just because we're coming together. We're being obedient to the spirit and we're being real. 
and we're talking about these opportunities and we're putting that into action. There's some accountability there. And I think men need that. Men like challenges. They like accountability. And when you have smaller groups, you can do that. One of the things that I've been asked about you know, within the last six months by a number of young men is the question, what does it mean to be a man, especially mm -hmm. in 2023? And they genuinely didn't know. There's obvious confusion within our culture as it relates to what does it mean to show up as a good man versus being, you know, showing up as a, a to toxic man. Mm -hmm. How do you answer the question, what does it mean to be a man? Hey Amen. I mean, I think I just, I, it's not how I answer it. I just go with what God's word talking about protecting and providing and presiding. I mean, just being over top of our families, leading our families and showing up. When I think through how my dad, how he showed up each and every day, he still does. He's still my hero. You know, I just think as a man, you know, anybody can, can make a baby, but it takes a man to be a father you know, and, and stand up. And I think a bit, big part of the problems that we see, we just talked about this in our online lunch too. I feel like I'm just recapping the lunch is this the pan, the, the pandemic of fatherlessness, man, just there's not enough dads, true dads that are stepping up, teaching these young men, how to be men, these young boys, rather how to be men. And my, we just had a son. So it's, I'm, I'm telling up some new, some new dirt for me. My, now my dad only had boys, so I can learn a lot from him, but I tell my wife, you know, look, when it comes to our daughters, I can't teach them how to be women, you know, cause I'm not a woman. Like you have to show them, you have to take the lead in a lot of these areas. Now I can teach them what to look for in a man, but I can't teach them how to be a woman. Now for my son, I've told her and she'll tell you, you can't teach, I'll tell her, you can't teach him to be a man. I have to do that. You know, I have to step up. I have to show him that you can show him what to look for in a, in a godly woman. But when it comes to actually, you know, that iron sharpening iron, that has to come from other men. And I think for some reason we've, we've, we've deemed that as wrong or something. And I'm like, no, it's not wrong. I mean, just look at like our youth group and our children's departments and things like that in our church. They're so they're led by so many women, which is great. We need people out there leading, but there are a few guys and I, I'm always trying to rally more guys. And it's not because I'm sexist. It's because look, we have a lot of boys in these children and youth groups they need to see other men doing this because what happens is when they get to that youth or that next stage, that college and career age, right? 18 to 20, they're going to bounce out because they don't see any manly men in particular. They are doing anything hard. You know, we're not, we're not running or we're doing any exercise or anything like that. And we're, we're not challenging ourselves. They're just seeing, you know, more weak, timid type of thinking and or, or activities. And I'm like, look, let's do some fun stuff, some hard stuff and show them that, you know what? Being, Jesus was the manliest man that ever walked. And mm -hmm. let's, let's show him that. Let's show these guys that, you know, this dude walked into a temple and cleared it out by himself. The disciples didn't help him. He, he did it by himself. I mean, he yelled at a dead guy and brought him back to life. I mean, this is the, this is the, the Lord that we serve and there is nothing, nothing weak about Jesus. And I think we confuse that meek and weak too often. So I, I clear that up a lot of times with guys, but just give them the opportunity to see us Christian men doing hard stuff, doing strong stuff, not just sitting around eating biscuits. Let's actually get out there and do some work. And I think if they see that man, at least for me and my group and the way that we roll, that's, that's really resonated well. That's awesome. One of the things 
that you said just then about Jesus being the manliest of uh, manliest man that that ever lived. The the thing that occurs to me within the church over the last few generations is that we've in effect become wimpy Christians mm-hmm. you know, as a as a collective. Yep. And without the either memory and or recognition that Jesus came with a sword. I mean, he's and you know he 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 was flipping over tables and not worrying about you know the the toes of of the people that you know that were nearby and yet you know it's almost like we've forgotten so but you referenced something uh, something too that maybe you can provide further explanation how do you differentiate for someone meek versus weak within the context of uh, of Jesus being a manly man. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for meekness is more like servant, servant mindset versus weak, weak guys just can't do stuff. You know, they just, they, they, they want others to do stuff. They want to, to, they're always coming up with excuses where a meek man, he, he he's very, he has the ability. He ha, he can, he can pull that strength out when needed, but he harnesses it. You know, just mm-hmm. think about the horse with the, with the bridle on. I mean, you that horse is strong, but it's controlled. And I think as men, we, we've confused that. Look, Christian men, we are we can be very strong. We can be very effective. We can lead, and we can do it the right way. And you don't have to bow up on people and come at them hard, right, or lower your octave two or three, you know, to make your point. No, that ain't how you got to do it. You just get out there and you serve others. You love others. And if you do that with with, with actually put their what their best interest first instead of yours like quit quit being all about you and just surrender to the lordship of christ and let him lead you man you can do so much you know not on your own but through him and i think if we just get that message right and we can help guys see that there's power in it i love that strong but controlled so you referenced your son and obviously he's he, he's still a baby and but he's going to be growing up in in a world that is different than the world that we grew up in yeah in, in in so many so many different ways and who knows what the prevailing culture will be like whenever he's uh he gets into elementary school and later you mm-hmm. know junior high and high school how will you help him navigate it, let's operate let me back up and operate under the assumption that you know, certain elements of our culture co- continue to proliferate, such as yeah. uh, such as transgender, transsexual. Yep. If that continues to proliferate, by the time he gets into elementary school and high school, we we really don't have any way of knowing what the educational system will look like. We don't know, you know, what type of uh, maybe education is not the right word. Indoctrination sounds to me like maybe a better one. Yep. How will you help him navigate those those waters when you're not there present, you know, um, to to assist him? How would you how would you coach him or teach him through those moments? Well, a couple areas come to mind. First of all, we're, we're we have full intentions of doing homeschool with our gotcha. children. Right now, our our girls are in a pretty conservative school that that's doing a great job. Uh, and we're, and we're very, I'm a sheepdog. I am a sheepdog when it comes to their homework, their assignments, 
what this what they're teaching them. And if, if I see it going, if I see it drifting one way, you know, we're just going to pull the, the trigger early and bring them out and do homeschool. But our goal was with our littles because our two older, just for your, your listeners, I have a 12 and a 10 year old and then a 19 month old and a five month old. So we have a, a gap there. Right. And so what we're going to do here is, is, is the goal is for the littles to never go to a public school or anything. We just, we gotcha. want to homeschool them there. But to, to further answer your question, I think, for him and for all my all my children is you know so far as you how you combat the lbgtq and all the transgender all the stuff that's, that's getting thrown at them that's going to get thrown at them is the same way that that counterfeiters counterfeiters recognize that bad counterfeit and they don't do that by studying all the different things that are that are wrong they do that by understanding what is right and that's the truth so i'm a, I, I gotta i pour into these kids all the time god's word and let them know, you know, here's what God's word says about homosexuality. This is not what dad says. This is what God's word says. And, and if we want to stand on it, we want to actually walk this stuff out. We have to love others. Absolutely. You have to, you have to, to mix into this world, but we don't have to blend in. Jesus never said blend in. He's very clear on that, on being distinct, being set apart and making them see that, you know what? It's okay. So I do an old chocolate chip cookie reference i can share if you like on, on please do how that works so it's like you know you have a, ch a chocolate chip cookie and you have you know milk and, and butter and flour and sugar and you have all those ingredients to make the dough and you blend that stuff together and then you drop in your chocolate chips which is the best part of cookie let's face it right i mean that is or else it'd just be a sugar cookie and what's the point but anyway <laughs> put it in the oven bring it out you can see those chocolate chips, right? You can distinctly see the chocolate chips and chocolate in the cookie. And my, my, what I try to, to teach them and teach others is like, look, the milk, the eggs, the flour, all that stuff, it's not distinct anymore. It's just blended together. It's all just there. It's just lumped together. It makes a, a pretty good dough, but you can't tell what the, they are. Now, the chocolate chips, they didn't lose their form. They're still in. They have mixed in. So I always tell them, look, Let's be the chocolate chips in the cookie dough of culture. Like we got to get out there and, and mix in the world because we can't just live in this isolated state around a bunch of Christians. No, because Jesus tells us to go, but make sure we maintain and we understand that when we're out, we are to be the light. And the only way you can do that is you've got to know the truth. And if you stand on the truth and you be the light and you mix in and don't blend, I think you can do a really, you, you can have a big impact on the kingdom. So, I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it is. I'm just going to keep pouring into the kids and try to help them grow. But that's, that's really a message I'm trying to, to take to them. And then maybe a, a natural pushback to that would be mm -hmm. something like, well, Chris, in, in order to have success in this cultural climate, I've got to blend in because if I don't, if I'm distinct, then particularly if I'm distinctly Christian, mm -hmm. then I'm setting myself up to get canceled. I'm setting myself up to lose my job. I'm, I'm, my reputation is going to take a hit. You've, you've got all of, there's way more cost to mixing in versus blending in. How would you respond to someone who offered that to you? There was um, a pastor that I'm very... I follow very closely. I've interviewed him twice. He's my favorite pastor of all time. He was in, in Africa recently and he was there to serve other Christians to serve these pastors in Africa who are trying to convert people to Christianity. And the African pastor actually said to him, I don't know how 
you're a pastor in America. And, and he's like, well, he, we're here to help you, bro. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, well, Americans, there's no, there's no persecution. Like it doesn't cost you anything to follow Jesus where over here it does. I mean, it was, it, they can get exiled. I mean, they can really, they face some persecution to follow Jesus. And this was in the, se the certain sector of Africa that he was. And the reason that came to mind when he asked that question is like, it doesn't cost us anything, but that's because we, we like comfort and we don't want any pushback. We don't want any friction, but that is not biblical. Jesus tells us persecution is going to come. If the world's hating, the world hates me, they're going to hate you also. It is very clear here. If we're going to stand up and be set apart and we're going to walk in this, it's not going to be, you know, the, the go with the flow type of mindset. So I think we got to get out of our way and understand, do we really want to walk this thing called Christianity or not? Because it's easy to be a Sunday Christian when you're surrounded by another bunch of Christians. It just is. But Monday through Saturday, when you're out there in the world, I always tell people for some reason, this time stuck Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock does the world know that you're a Christian? You know, mm -hmm. if you can't say yes to that, right. Okay. What do you need to do to shift it up? Now that may mean losing your job. You're right. You may lose some friends. You may lose a job. Uh, you may have to move. I mean, I get it. None of this stuff is fun. You know, God may call you to, to a third world country to do this mission work. I don't know what, once you submit to the Holy spirit and let him guide you, I don't know what he's going to tell you to do, but I do know this. If you're obedient to it, and you do that, and you and you surrender to the Lordship of Christ. There's going to be peace like you 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 can't get anywhere else. You know, for us, it was getting out of debt and doing all the things from a biblical st a stewardship standpoint that just was very freeing. To now, we can do the work that that God's calling us to do. And I know the next step is the lion full time. That's where we're really working towards. And that's really really scary. I've worked at a job for 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. All I know is how to be as a W two employee. But I know God's calling me to this. So we're, we're taking the steps in obedience to build what he's calling us to do. And yeah, it rubs a lot of people wrong. A lot of people don't like when you stand on the truth each and every day. But you know what? It's not about me because I don't want to get to heaven. And, and God, like, why didn't you do that? Well, I was afraid what somebody was going to think. And that's how a lot of Christians act, bro. And we got to get past that mindset. If you were chatting with someone who who communicated to you, that they want to they want to stand on this christian foundation but they don't know what it means to be obedient they remember what it was like when they were a child and and obeying their parents but their parents were in front of them hmm. and now you know we're, we're we're talking about jesus christ who and the holy spirit where you know this is really putting it on faith how would you go about persuading someone who is saying that they want to stand on this, but is unsure, uneasy as to what it truly means to be obedient. Hmm. I, I would question, okay, how often, how, how connected are you to the Holy spirit right now? Hmm. You know, is this a, a, on Sunday for one, an hour on a Sunday where some person is sending a message and then you're hoping that that one hour is going to fill you spiritually. And because if that's the case, you know, out my challenge to you would be okay. Do that the same way from a physical standpoint, you only eat one hour on Sunday. And then you see about Wednesday, how hungry you are. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to hit you. I mean, you may not even make it to Wednesday. Some people won't make it to Sunday night, but you get on point, right? We're, yeah. We, if we're expecting a pastor or, or whoever, uh, to, to, to feed us, you know, in these small little increments once a week, 
to be able to discern, to discern God's voice, to know what we're supposed to be doing and to walk in obedience, we're totally missing it. This is a relationship that God wants to have with us. And that starts with reading God's word, spending time in prayer. And if you're not checking those two boxes each and every day for yourself, it's not something someone can do for you. Yeah, you're probably going to struggle with that idea of obedience because you're not going to know what to do. So you have to at some point, you know what? I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide me. So how do you hear God's voice? Well, read out loud. If you want to hear God speak, you know, just read out loud. <laughs> do that simple. Like if you need it, if you need to break it down, because I'm a simple man, maybe sometimes for me, I just read out loud. And you know what? I have noticed. So my daily spiritual kickoff. So I do my reading and my prep work with all my other Bibles before I go live with the guys. And I'm always, I do that like we always, like, a, like we typically would do, right? We just, I just read in my head. But there is something, bro, when I go live and I'm reading the words out loud to that community, the spirit, buddy, it just comes. Now, it doesn't come every day. I can't say every every spiritual kickoff is like just an amazing thing. But I can tell you, not eight or nine times out of ten, things come to me when I'm speaking the words that I share with the guys that helps them grow, that helps me grow. And all I can give you tell you is that's 100% spirit-led. And that just comes to my obedience for being in the word. And I just think if you just start with that, if you can just be obedient to actually spending time in the word and praying from there, just get ready because God's going to direct you. Now, here's the question is go, what if he directs you to do something you don't want to do? And that's where we have to do, start checking ourselves. Okay. Is it, am I really ready to surrender? Cause that surrender word, obedience and surrender. That's two words that guys don't like. Let's just be real. Yeah. So when I start talking about those two words, it's not fun for me to talk about, but it's real. And we have to understand that, you know what, to really do what God's called us to do, it takes both. And I, I like how you said that with obedience and surrender. So many people view s surrender as waving the white flag. And that's that that's not an appropriate, you know, metaphor, you know, for this. It's it it, it it's truly turning it over and and having trust and faith that um he, he's going to obviously guide our lives in a really purposeful way. But you, you also referenced those mornings where you're, you're in the word and some days it's maybe not transformative. Right. And, but it's like working, it's like working a muscle or it's like brushing, brushing teeth. And I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is where for you is, is the point of differentiation between doing this uh, or being obedient in prayer and reading the word in terms of it being a check the box activity versus something that you are, are doing because uh, it, it's just, it's just a commitment. It's, it's beyond habit. It's, it's, it's devotion to the process. Where's that you know, point of differentiation for you? Uh, usually for me, when I start thinking, when I get questions like this and I do get them from time to time, we just talked about this. And I think one of our recent mastermind groups, it's a hard issue because mm -hmm. if I feel like I'm just checking a box and I got to do this just to check a box, then all of a sudden I'm doing this for Chris and I'm trying to do stuff for Chris and, and check Chris's boxes versus being obedient to the father. And you know what? You know, it, I think he rewards that obedience. If you just, if you're just there, maybe because I talk a lot about reading a proverb a day for a lot of guys like, all right, just take a proverb a day. And if you don't do anything, just read a proverb. And it can be after you do this for years, like I've done, 
Okay, it's the 12th day of the month. Let's read Proverbs 12 again, right? But I've noticed if I shift my mindset, okay, Lord, what do you, what, just what will you want to reveal to me in Proverbs 12 today? And just go to that. And maybe it's just one little piece because I tell you one thing no matter how many times you read God's word, I'm, you can probably attest to this. God's going to reveal something different to you every time. Because the Holy Spirit's going to move, it's going to give you that, that wisdom, that discernment, that insight that you don't, that you didn't get before. And that's due to that obedience. So I would just say, man, make, check your heart first and foremost, because if you're, if you're just feeling like you're checking the box and things like that, you know, we don't, we don't want to show up with our, to our father just begrudgingly. No, we want to show up with joy. Look forward to that time. Like my time in the word is something I look forward to. I mean, I really do. I just enjoy it. And that's taken some time over the years to, because it used to be, yeah, very much of just give me a reading plan. Oh, great. I'm going to read this again. But now it's more of, I can't wait to get to what's next. Let's just, let's just keep going. So I think you'll find that your heart will start shaping. You know, he's going to start working on your own personal heart. The more time you spend with him. I came across an interesting idea that, you know, the, the cynical among, among us use phrases like, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. But what about seeing something because you believe it? And like you, I, I genuinely look forward to, to, to sitting down. And even, even if it's just reading a couple of, of chapters in Acts or Corinthians or something, yeah. um, I, I find that while I might not have like this overwhelming transformative experience, to your point, I, I, I absolutely take something new away every single time. And which leads me to the question that you partially answered going back to your, your lion lunch and then your, your morning spiritual readings for men, particularly where would you, you know, in addition to having them read a, a proverb a day, where would you have them start in scripture? Yeah. I mean, and I, I've even blogged on this. I, I think guys need to start with John just personally. I think it's a great gospel to start with. It's just what's easy to read is action packed. There's lots of there's lots of words from Jesus himself, uh, you know, to, to kind of you know get you going. And, and, you know, I just think for me, it's one of my favorite gospels to, to, to where I just think there's lots of, you know, you can read a bunch of opinion pieces out there and they're called opinion pieces for a reason. So a lot of people will point to different gospels and things like that. But then a lot of people do agree on John. But I just feel like that's one that. You can sit down, you can sit, you can sink your teeth into, you can go deep if you want. You can stay pretty shallow if you want. And it's just an easier gospel to read. So I always start there and then I bounce to Luke. And then, you know, from there, I'm love, I love Acts. I think just Acts is just cool just to see all the different things that happen in Acts. You know, when you start seeing Peter and you meet Saul and see all this stuff and shipwrecks and snake bites and all that fun stuff. So I mean, to me, it's just a cool uh, account to pick up. So, I mean, but that's usually where I, I point guys to a proverb a day. And then pick up some John. Love that. Love that. So you're, you're currently leading the lion within us, uh, technically part-time your, your plan is to continue growing this community so you can, uh, you, you can do that full-time. How can people support your community and where can they, where can they go and learn more about it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Again, the lionwithin.us, that's V-T-H-E, lionwithin.us. That's our website. And from there, 
you know, all our information is on that. So far as you know, we offer a 30 day free trial for our community, for guys that want to jump in. Cause I want to make sure it's right for people. You know, I, I don't want anyone to feel any financial commitment out the gate. So give it a month, see if it serves you. Uh, and if it doesn't, no, no harm, no foul bounce out. But I mean, we've, we've come, most of the guys who come in, I will just warn you, they get value. They see what's going on. They like it. They they're, they're looking for that and they stay around. So, and that's the biggest way or just support the show period. There's a way for, for monthly donations and things like that. And then, you know, we have the podcast too, that we put out every week to try to serve others and to help Christian men, you know, be those leaders that God intends them to be. So you know, all that can be found at the line within us is, is really the easiest way to connect with us or just send an email, Chris at the line within us that comes to me directly. And I just love chatting with guys, man. I, I do it all the time. Pretty much every day I'm having a conversation with somebody, uh, on, on just trying to learn learn about them, how I can serve them, how I can help them. And we have a lot of resources. We have a Bible study I wrote and different things like that. So, yeah, for sure, that's that's the easiest way to get started. That's terrific. The I can't begin to tell you how appreciative I am of your the wisdom and insights that you've shared uh, today. I've I've learned a great deal. Yeah, I've I've often said in in starting, it's not my credit to take. You know, the worst case scenario for me is that I get to learn a ton from a bunch of terrific men, yeah. and I've learned a, a ton from you today. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see my note sheets. <laughs> they, are, they, they are quite full. Uh, so I thank you very much um, for taking part. Would you mind uh, closing us out in prayer? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Father, just thank you for this time We're letting us come together. And, and I just pray that the words that we said, you know, honor and glorify you. And, and Lord, ultimately, that there's a listener out there uh, that, that something that, that we talked about today just draws them closer to you and just gives them a, a deeper desire to know you uh, and to spend that time in your word, to spend that time in your prayer, just to build that relationship with you, Father. So I pray you just continue to work on the hearts of the listeners, work on my heart, work on his heart, just and just continue to draw us closer to and use the you know, platforms and medias like like podcasts like this, Father, that we can do the work that you've called us to do. And we're just so thankful for this opportunity to come together. And again, pray that, that, that you are honored and glorified during this time. We pray all this according to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate your time. Man, this is an honor. Thank you so much. You can contact the show at itsnotmycredittotake.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless.